Hello, welcome to the Endeavor Podcast. Today is Thursday, July 12th, 2018, and I'm your host, Stephen Schroeder. It's the very first episode of the podcast, and I'm really excited to share with you a conversation that I recorded between myself and Svantia Brzezlinski. Svantia is a doctoral student here at Heidelberg University in Germany, and she's working in the Paleoenvironmental Dynamics Group, and her research is focused on Earth's ancient climate during the Oligocene epoch, which was between 23 and 34 million years ago. And since she was so busy, this was quite a short conversation, but I hope that you enjoy it and that you learn something new. So here it is. Thanks for coming on the podcast with me, Svantia. Yeah. I'm really excited to talk with you. Yeah, I'm happy to join you. Great. Okay, so why don't we start just by talking a little bit about what your history is, just the general detail. Yeah, sure. So um, I'm originally from the north of Germany, and then after school I was very very overwhelmed with with the like with the whole range of what I could do in the future and I was like hmm okay school was pretty tough I spent 13 years there let's just go to France and live a happy life for a year and then I really yeah, yeah I um I spent a year in the south of France in the Provence and I really completely went out of my habit and I went to work with kids in a kindergarten to just I don't know, get a different side into what life might be like later and get into touch with little kids because I didn't, I just had one sister. We always got along well, but I never really had like a younger, younger sister or brother. And so that was, that was something new and really going back to being independent, you know, like not living with my parents and having new experiences, new language, meeting new people. And what was it like with the kids? Did you oh. enjoy it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it had it. Uh, yeah, it was full of ups and downs. It was um, yeah, adjusting to new family, like really getting into their way of life and getting into the routine of kids that don't really follow what you're saying because you're not yet their parent. Yeah. You're just someone new. And um, no, but it was good. It was also a huge experiences for myself, like be more patient wait until the kid responds Mm -hmm. what does it really want let it cry and then it was gonna come down right so yeah it also changed the way that i behave towards others and that's that's pretty major even though it's just small kids of course yeah yeah no we always had a daycare at my house like my mom she yeah she was a home daycare provider for my whole life right after i was born she moved from teaching as a school teacher to taking care of kids out of my house so that she could take care of me as well as my sister so oh lovely so then after you were in Provence yeah so my mom told me yeah just wait until Christmas and maybe then you will have made up your mind just browse around the internet of all your options and okay then March was passing by April May and then I was like fuck okay deadline is approaching you you know in Germany you have to apply until the mid of July to get into uni and then I was really pressed but I, I decided to take a week off from kindergarten and went to Germany and I visited a friend of mine that lives in Göttingen. That's a small town really within the center of Germany. And they had student information days. And then I just went to a couple of lectures where people were presenting what that subject would be like. And yeah, then I came across geosciences. And I was like, wow, they always go on field trips. <laughs> that so looks before so nice. you never had, you know, a real passion for geoscience. Not well, 
Um, geography was one of my majors in, in school. Okay. And I always liked, you know, looking into the atlas and then really having to do with uh, current topics around, uh, uh, like about also ecological aspects or, I don't know, economics or social stuff. Okay. And then I was like, hmm, what could I do with that? become a teacher nah too soon he just left school right. but yeah so i wasn't really sure about anything and at some point i even thought about okay maybe i want to become a captain you know uh, like a ship studying, captain yeah like a ship captain but i was told that i'd be away for a very long time from from shore from from land and be offshore for i don't know three months yeah and i was like nah that might be a little too odd wow. <laughs> yeah so yeah, but then geosciences popped into my world and it seemed pretty great. And I was like, yeah, okay, why not give it a shot? I was asking my parents, they were saying, yeah, you know, we even met in Göttingen. Maybe just go to Göttingen. It's a lovely city. Wow. Who ever knows what's going to happen there? <laughs> and so I was like, okay, I'm going to give it a try. Yeah. And so it began. Yeah. Wow. And so you went to uni in mm -hmm. Göttingen? Yeah. And that's where you did your bachelor's? Yeah, it's a bachelor of science. Okay. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. And then, yeah. so after your bachelor's, where did you go from there? I did go to the University of Hamburg to do my master's. And because after I graduated in Göttingen, I had a hidden passion for marine geosciences and i rather wanted to pursue something that had to do with um the marine cycle or the marine system in general okay and i saw online in their program that they were um specializing in that area and so it's like okay hamburg's pretty yeah yeah why not yes. no and i really i mean getting is lovely but it's a relatively small city and after three years there i was like yeah i think i'm ready for something bigger and something more exciting yeah 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 so okay and so what were you working on in your masters i was working on a paleo reconstruction and it i got samples that were from the gulf of Tranto, that is in the very southern italy and uh yeah so i counted benthic foraminifera and then we also i got introduced to measuring isotopes and then in doing interpretation in regards to the ecosystem how much nutrients would arrive in in the in the ecosystem of the benthic forums and what would that tell us about oxygenation and ventilation because that yeah that whole uh, project was um, related to anoxia events and you know nutrient input by the by the po river that is one of the major nutrient sources in this whole circulation system around Italy. What are Formifera? How old are they? All well, of this? Yeah, Formifera, it's always hard to describe them because my parents still, <laughs> after years and years that I've worked with them now, they're still asking, what What are these things? Yeah. Like, and I was, I'm always saying they're mini shells. They're the prettiest mini shells that you can find. But yeah, but actually Formifera are um, protists and they have a cultural test that forms a variety of shapes. And so the variety of shells is then the way that you distinguish them. Then you have um, a major distinction between benthic foraminifera that live on the seafloor or within the, the top centimeters of the seafloor and planktics that are uh, to be found in the water column. Right, yeah. right. And they live in all the world's oceans, right? Yeah, so that's what makes them so interesting because... Those are ones are found in all the ocean basins of this world from all latitudes. Right. So that makes them one of the best like, climate recorders mm -hmm. that you can work with. Okay, so 
was there something that made you specifically passionate about Formanifer or was that just the uh, that's just where you ended up going into yeah in a way yeah when I was approaching the end of my master's and I had to look for a master thesis or a topic from my master thesis I was very lucky to have a very very friendly professor in Hamburg and so he was one one of the arguments to go into that working group and then yeah then the Formanifer were basically the other half that made it such a great thesis in the end yeah. so I didn't really knew that much about Foraminifera before I decided okay that's what I'm gonna go for but I I'm yeah I'm still happy that I <laughs> ended up working with them yeah so now you're doing your PhD thesis yes. here in Heidelberg yeah so geographically I moved like a little bit to the west and up north and I ended up working with sediments from uh, off coast Newfoundland from the northern Atlantic and from a very deep setting in like in the deep ocean from from around 3.8 kilometers depth and I moved way 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 back in time so while I was working on the Holocene like I'm the now most recent like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was a reconstruction like that was an ecosystem analysis of really the recent past like how did agriculture affect that whole ecosystem and what ah, does that okay. do to the rise and fall if you like of, of certain uh, faunal groups Right, like, like fishes how do they, and stuff yes, like that? Okay. How do they adjust to heavy inputs of nutrients or like, like more farm, oxygen? Like farm runoff and yes. stuff like that? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And that, yeah, that was pretty interesting. But now I, yeah, I am rather looking on how does the ice affect the world back in the Oligocene. So yeah. we are... Uh, working on 25 million year old material that yeah. is really 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 impressive yeah yes. it's amazing so yeah. it's a huge change from oh, so your last much, project yes. but still when I when I was looking at the very first sample while I was starting um, my PhD I was like oh even though it's that old it looks almost the same like I was really impressed by by the preservation that's really amazing one of the things that made me so excited about researching the past as a kid was these dinosaur bones because yes. nearby calgary there's yeah. th amazing dinosaur bones there's especially the raptor teeth is yes. what made me so excited <laughs> and this is what like got me started working at the museum in drumheller yeah. and then eventually yeah. into studying geology yeah i mean that's always i mean we can always imagine what's gonna come in the future and i mean we see what's happening right now but we barely know anything about how things worked in the past and that's what makes it so interesting i guess and yeah. that's what keeps us all motivated and digging deeper and and doing more and more research about those things but Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's one of the main reasons this project came alive to see how things worked back then in the Oligocene, so 25 million years ago, and then to actually what lesson can we take from that time interval, and then build an analog to the modern or to mm -hmm. the future. So this whole ice melting and freezing aspect that's actually pretty important to know because we are facing a future, as we all know, of rising sea levels and, and iceberg meltings and so people don't really know how fast and by how much the sea level is going to rise and when that's going to happen and what what this these freshwater pulses like if we have a lot of ice melting then all this fresh water is gonna arrive in the oceans and what's that gonna do to all the circulation systems right. we barely know we can do some really clever models 
And then we can also look into past climate systems and then try to see, okay, what happened then? Mm -hmm. How did it change? What yeah. did it do? So what was going on during this period of time that you're researching? How is the world different? Like I know the continents <laughs> didn't look exactly the same. Yeah, the, obviously true. the oceans didn't look the same as yeah. well. So the, the major difference was that we only had ice on the South Pole. Like on Antarctica, not so like no, no ice on Greenland. No ice on Green. Well, there were hints. There are hints towards like inland glaciers, that, okay. but there's no indication of ice on the North Pole. So right. that's that's the major difference. Right. And then we have to imagine the the Earth being a little colder than today. And uh, yeah, like I just said, the continents might have had a slightly different arrangement. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Some some ocean basins like the Mediterranean might have still been a little bigger or smaller, or some passages might right. have been opened or closed. Right, like the Drake Passage at the bottom of South America that had recently opened. Yes, at the that was brand new. Yeah, yeah. So, so that kind of the, those yeah. circulation changes of the ocean can make a big difference it does in fact like that that is a major area that is that has a high influence on this whole climate system back then because uh, with the opening of that passage with the with these two continents being then independent the antarctic continent was becoming isolated that means that with the current building up around antarctica you would isolate the continent from from the rest of the climate system of the earth and then cooling down quickly and then building up ice and stuff right yeah right so what kind of lessons can do you think we can learn from the oligocene like this is so long ago humans yeah. haven't even <laughs> left africa so that's just so amazing to me that yeah. it's from so long ago and how can we think of this period of time today so what we can take from is it if I'm saying like, okay, we had a huge meltwater pulse or we had a huge deglaciation event, that's still a time frame of 40,000 years that we're talking about. Yeah. Geologically, that is a very short period of time, but for us humans, that is a long, long period. So as a geologist, I'd say <laughs> there were major things happening and very quickly yeah. and that we are facing maybe even drastic changes in our climate system, but... Like human-wise, okay, we can maybe expect the sea level to rise like right. three to four centimeters a year. One from, of the things you yeah. see in the news is that, that the Gulf Stream might shut down if there's mm -hmm. too much fresh water coming into the Atlantic. So mm -hmm. like what could that mean Oh, what could us? that mean? Yeah, that this whole climate system that we are used to here in Europe is going to change in a way that if the Gulf Stream is shut down or it does not arrive in the very north anymore, then this um, current cannot transport the heat so far north anymore like it does today. That means that it's going to get colder, precipitation patterns are going to change, so it might rain less than people. Like we all are depending on agriculture and mm -hmm. that's what these people are implicating that that's going to have a huge effect on on that whole system but yeah let's hope that's going to be a, like a long-term yeah <laughs> effect and not happen like right away and really drastically yeah yeah
What's in the future for you after you're done this project? What are you doing next? Oh, I don't know. That's that's too. F let's not think too far ahead. But for yeah. now, um, I'm gonna go on a very exciting uh, cruise this year in October. Okay. And we are gonna go to the um, Southern Pacific, and we're actually gonna drill for more material of that time period, even older. In the legacy, also. Also in the legacy, oh, and wow. we're gonna go okay, deeper in time, also. And then I hope to do like an analog project, but from the other side of the world. Ah, like that would be great. Yeah, to have to have a comparison what happened there or what are what are the forums showing from that side. Right. Is there other samples from nearby? Is this also another like amazing preserved site or? Yeah, they they said so. Yeah. They they made you call that a survey cruise. So they they went there like a couple of years ago to see okay is there material that we can work with and there is and let's hope for lots and lots and lots of material so that I can keep up my work yeah, and so others too. Yeah. So that would be another project for you. Yeah, I hope so. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. So yeah. you said it's just off of South America, right? Uh, no, it's, it's the Southern Pacific. So that means we're going to start a sailing from Christchurch and then head east. Ah, okay. Into the Southern Pacific okay. Basin. Yeah. So this is also a pretty big step from the Atlantic Ocean to the Pacific. Yes, it's so. a different system and it's I hope it's it's not going to be too complicated because we always hear about this El Niño weather system from yes, the Pacific that is is a big it's a big system. It's a big system, it's a very complicated system and yeah. has so many factors that affect it. People are still really questioning it. Let's see how I might have to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks so much for speaking with me today. Yeah, it was sure. Fascinating. Well, it was a pleasure. Yeah, yeah, it was so interesting to learn about yeah. everything that you're doing right now. Yeah. Thanks for listening. A huge thanks to Breakmaster Cylinder for the music that you're hearing right now. Definitely go check out their work. Please subscribe, review the podcast on iTunes, and look for more episodes wherever you get your podcasts. You can join me on the next one where I'll be talking with another climate scientist about their greatest endeavors. Mm -hmm.